You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. I think that fencing, being an athlete at a young age, just shaped me in so many ways. My character, my morals, my my focus to do what I do today as an entrepreneur, as as an injector, and even fencing that's so specific to some elements of precision and elegance in all of those things translate into my injectables, into my aesthetic as an injector. So I think I have so much that I have to, you know, thank fencing or being an athlete for. That was Aki's Donos. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. I am super excited to introduce you to today's guest, Akis Donos, co-founder of Aeon Aesthetics. Akis is a highly sought after master injector and facial architect, holistic health and wellness practitioner, and a former elite fencer. Today on the podcast, we're talking about how these three skill sets intersect and empower Akis for success, where it all began from his early days fencing to his new business and practice, Aeon Aesthetics, and the exercise and wellness routines that currently keep him healthy and fit. Before we dive in, shout out to our sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra-personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the move or use our code CheersMarnie. Okay, back to Aki's. Aki's Donos is an award-winning master injector board certified by American Academy of Aesthetic Medicine. He is both an artist and an aesthetic dermatologist. So he takes pride in learning more about his craft to achieve the best results for his clients. His passion stems from his desire to make people feel the beauty they already possess and help them optimize their look, not change it. During our conversation, we talk about his approach to enhancing the key characteristics of each patient, his customized multi-phase plan that is uniquely created for each individual, including a range of his go-to protocols, peels, neurotoxins, fillers, microneedling, vitamin shots, hair restoration, and more. We chat about best procedures and timing for athletes and fitness goers to engage in skin-optimizing procedures and ones that are most effective. As an elite athlete, Akis has firsthand experience with the elements that need to be considered, metabolism, sweat, sun exposure, and recovery. 
for athletes looking to optimize their skin. Get ready for a fun and eye-opening conversation. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. Head over to the app on whatever platform you're listening. Click on the Marnie on the Move podcast. Scroll to the bottom. Click on the five stars and then click on leave a review. Tell us what you love. These reviews are super important, so I am grateful to you for leaving them. Also, share this episode on your social channels. Take a screenshot, put it on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you like to get social and tag us because we're there. Now, on to my conversation with Akis. So we are here today with Akis Donos from Aeon Aesthetics. I'm so excited. I've been dying to talk to someone about all of these things you know, everything you can do to optimize and elevate your look from microneedling to chemical peels to neurotoxins, all the things. So where did the idea for Aeon Aesthetics begin and when did you guys open? Yes, so we are approaching uh, just a year this fall when Aeon opened. And um, of course, the idea started long ago and I worked as in the aesthetic medical aesthetic industry for a little while but I kind of want to create my own place where I have my own ideas my own approaches kind of established there and um, we started working on that about two years ago I want to say right after the pandemic and we launched last fall fall of 2021 and what's the focus of your practice so the focus it's basically medical aesthetics, right? It's optimizing uh, people's faces, architecting with small fine touches. Um, A big focus for me is to not alter faces quite, but just enhance them enough where we see an optimization of something that's already there. So people don't come to me to just shape them in a different way. We are respectful to your anatomy and your tissue. And we're just optimizing what you already have. We just make people look a little fresher and yeah. younger and a little better maybe sometimes. I love I love <laughs> the term facial architect. I think that's so great. I mean that is something that, you know, we were talking about earlier. And that's something that you kind of see yourself as. Uh, yes, because it's um a lot of it of course is a medical approach, right, is the techniques and everything that we use. But a lot of it is artistic. Uh, you need to have an eye for it. You need to be able to see, have a vision on a face. Mm-hmm. You, and you need to be able to visualize how this person is going to look after a treatment and where you want to take them. Because it's a journey. Usually it's not a one and done deal. Right. You know, you go through a journey and we have an end goal and end result that we try to achieve. So we're kind of architecting over time, right? It takes time. Yeah. It takes us small, small fine touches to get our approach and yes and so do people come to you and tell you what they want and you tell them well maybe you shouldn't do that and what are some of the sort of services that you offer and how do you work with your clients or your patients to kind of get direct them into like what they should do versus what they think they should do most people come in with an idea of what they want or someone someone's photo, right? So I have a lot of my patients that come in with the photos, like that's what I want. And uh, I'm there to listen to them, 
to understand their needs and their wants, right? To see what their goal is. But at the same time, I'm the expert that I have to fairly guide them through the process right. and point out the the right approaches. And we need to remember that someone comes into the clinic and asks, hey, I kind of want to look like this person. I want this type of lips or this type of cheeks. And we just need to have a talk and see if this is the right approach for the person. And um, we're all so unique and we all have amazing, beautiful features. So we, again, we just want to focus on that. And let's make, how can we make your face look a little better? Make it look, you know, just give it a little bit of something. Right, like a subtle touch. Exactly. Not come in and go out looking like a totally different person. We don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I love that you are partners with your husband and you guys work together. How do you do that? How do you divide and conquer in the business? Well, I I think I'm very blessed to have that. I think it's uh, it's challenging in partnerships to work also together. We've worked together for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've been working together for about 9 years now. Um but we found a great balance. We uh focus on different things. I am strictly on the medical clinical side and he's amazing at the operations managerial and uh, also the client experience he's amazing with people so he thrives in that he's the first person you people see when they come into my clinic and he welcomes them he makes sure their experience is the best they can possibly have and he's the person of contact too and then i focus on my craft that's amazing and you just won an award for being Top aesthetic injector. By aesthetic everything. It, it came this year. I'm very happy. I'm very excited for it. It's just a recognition. So it's good to be recognized. And I feel on the other hand, also it's good for people to see something like this. Because I feel like sometimes we do have to work hard to build trust with our patients. And I feel sometimes, no matter what your background is or your skills or your outcomes, people just trust and are worth you know, yeah. so it just brought a little of that more. Yeah, it gives it. you a certain level of credibility. But we know that you've, you know, been doing this a long time. So, you know, it doesn't just you don't just like get an award suddenly. How did you get into being an injector and into this craft of what you do? So I've been through a lot of medallions over the years. I've done a lot of different things. I always had an artistic side that I wanted to do something with it. Right. And uh I acted back in the day and I did different things. Of course, I was an athlete. And uh, when I went to medicine, it was kind of the side that I wanted to follow. It had that one aspect of it that got me excited. And the more I was getting introduced and exposed to it, I was getting more and more passionate about it. So over the years, I started training next to lead people in the industry and just kind of learning more and more aspects of it and I find found it fascinating so I just place myself in it I try to become the best I could become and I, I it's in an industry that evolves all the time so we all keep learning all the time there's so a lot of new research a lot new many new studies out there uh, so it's it's exciting it's an exciting place to be in so you mentioned medicine. So you were in the wellness business before you got into the business of facial architecture and injecting or, you know, doing all the things that you do. What was that business? So before I even started in this side of the industry, I was a traditional naturopathic doctor and I worked as such. And my clinic was just a focused wellness clinic that um, me and my partner started 
again, about 10, nine years, 19 years ago, and it focused in people feeling better. And there's, I've been through a lot of these routes as an athlete. There were times that my body would give up or I needed something more and I would have to just drop weight for a competition or I would have to feel better for a competition after an injury. So we just tried to tackle all those aspects back then and uh, have make people feel better, you know. Um, from the inside out, we focus on well-being and wellness. We focused on diet and uh, infusions and vitamin replacement and all all those things. And you still have some of those things at Aeon Aesthetics now. We still do those things. Yes. Yeah. You we, have... It's under Ideal Health Center. Yeah. That's the the initial company that we started for wellness, but we're moved under the same office. So yes, we do both. You're a lifelong athlete elite fencer. How did you get into that? Like, how did that start for you? So that's a funny story. I'm from a very small city in Greece. And uh, for whatever bizarre reason, there's a huge, huge um, history of fencing there. We have a big fencing center. So most kids in the little town, they fence. So I just grew up, started fencing when I was five or six. And then I dropped it and then went back to it. And I fell in love with it. And I made the national team at a young age, around 10, 11 years old. And I just got more excited, exciting yeah. from there. And I kept going, you know. I kept climbing the ladder and uh, kept competing. And competing became a passion. And, you know, it's almost like a, <laughs> a drug. You want to keep doing it. Yeah, no, how, what did you love about it, though? I love the... Um, of course, the physical aspect, the, the training for me was exciting. The fact that I had, I w- was waking up with a goal in my day and an objective, it was important at the time. But then as an athlete at an elite level, you start competing, but then you start competing with yourself too. Yeah. Setting all those goals that you have to make sure you hit them and then you work hard for them. It's, uh, you probably have a lot of experience with that too and a lot to say. Uh, So that got more exciting over the years. Yeah, I mean, I I totally get that. I mean, I think you compete with yourself, you compete with other people, but I think waking up with a goal, like whether you're an athlete or not, having an agenda, a goal, incremental goals versus long-term goals, like all of those things we get from sport are amazing that you can take into your life and into your business. How has that kind of training and discipline and structure empowered you to be successful in your business exactly discipline <laughs> discipline discipline <laughs> i feel we live in a very competitive city and what what i'm the industry that i'm in right now is very competitive yes so i just find myself in a familiar environment yes uh, so i think that fencing being an athlete at a young age just shaped me in so many ways mm-hmm. my character my morals my my focus to do what I do today as an entrepreneur, as as an injector, and even fencing that's so specific to some elements, the precision and elegance in all those things, yeah. translate into my injectables, into my aesthetic as an injector. So I think I have so much that I have to, you know, thank fencing or being an athlete for. That's amazing. And, and from one athlete to another, I would love to understand, like, what are some of the best treatments that we could do? And also timing wise, because, you know, when you're an athlete, you're training, there's certain times like the type of athlete that I am, an endurance athlete, where I'm outside 75% of my life. And 
I'm also, you know, high metabolism, constantly moving. So what would be the approach that you might recommend for someone, not for me specifically, but for like an athlete? Like when should they think about doing certain treatments and what treatments work best for them, would you say? Yes, absolutely. There's a plethora of treatments out there, but athletes are very niche specific market because we sweat a lot. We're outdoors a lot. Our skin goes through so many things. We we're usually not as an athlete. I was horrible with skincare. Yeah, you know, I was not taking mm-hmm. care of my skin. I was sweating all the time, and the next thing, I just wanted to recover and just go back to training. So sometimes we just forget about taking care of ourselves or our skin. Um, so, to your question, we have to make sure it depends on the athlete. Like you're yes. an athlete that mainly outdoors, right? Right. So sun damage and skin protection is very important for that for someone like you so it's always a customized approach for each athlete based on what they do but we have to make sure that we clean the skin that we cleanse the skin but to the actual service that i provide to my office for athletes usually we focus on the the more natural approaches such as prp platelet-rich plasma a lot of athletes do those injectables uh, a lot of your audience may have done it for injuries. Yeah. We use that in aesthetics for face and skin. Um, and how does it work? Like, what does it do to your face and skin? And that's also part of microneedling. Exactly. Okay. So the process is kind of similar for both. We draw blood and we just extract the platelet-rich plasma out of it. And that carries a lot of growth factors. It's your own growth factors. So it's just a very natural way. Um, this has been used for decades now. We use it in orthopedic surgery for recovery and also for injuries. Um, but now we found out that we can, you know, help our faces. So <laughs> we use awesome. it for simulated collagen, uh, minimizing fine lines, wrinkles with microneedling. We, uh, f- we use it for under eye bags, for the eyes, just refreshing the look a little bit. And a lot of the sun damage and fine lines that we develop over the years, those growth factors can help okay. recover or just diminish a little bit. What's the um, what's the recovery time? And do you have to stay out of the sun after you do it? <laughs> I see where you're going there. I just want to know when I should do it. <laughs> That's really what I'm asking. <laughs> okay, fair. The recovery time varies on the person and varies by treatment. But uh, normally it takes maybe one, two days of recovery. Uh, something that's going to get you a little more red, like microneedling, might take three to four days. But usually, uh, those non-invasive treatments are recover fast. I do ask my patients not to see the sun. Maybe directly, don't go out sunbathe, or maybe run in the sun yeah. for you know three four days. Avoid it, and they will just get a um, standardize a routine with SPF and just reintroduce. I was going to ask you, yeah, like what are your thoughts on SPF? <laughs> I have to love it, right? It's. Yeah. Um, and again, for someone like you, an athlete like you, we have to make sure that people have a... The, the, there's a few things about SPF. People don't want to wear SPF because they think it's going to prevent them from tanning. That's one thing. So that's one reason why they don't want to wear it. Another reason is like they feel it's too heavy and it's too oily. So it's very important for people to fight the right SPF um, and keep using it. People only apply it in the morning and they go on for the day. It's good to reapply SPF. Also, people uh, just use an SPF off the rack. It doesn't matter. It's important that we use mineral SPF that yeah. protects us from like the white spectrum of um, damaging yeah. UVB light, right? So, do you use SPF? Yeah, I do. 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, I carry it with me in my run bag, in my bike bag. I'll put it on because I go out for, I don't know, like a two hour run. And I will take it with me, especially for my face. I always wear uh, suntan lotion, always SPF. And I'm usually in like the 50 because I know it doesn't really work. After, like you really can't. You have to reapply after 50 minutes, especially if you're sweating. But I've been seriously schooled about SPF and I still have a billion freckles and lots of sun damage. But it's all good. Well, but you're doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, you're I do applying it. SPF, yeah. you're reapplying SPF, yeah. you're out, you know, if you're sweating or if you're in the water, you have to yeah. reapply more often. And uh, sometimes it's just one thing, freckles are not that, you know. I mean, I was born with them, so yes, it's all good. They're innocent. And yeah. freckles are all just our natural response, the, our skin's natural response to the sun. Yeah. So it's actually almost like a natural defense. Oh, they're really? not actually considered quite sun damaging. Okay. Or there, they are sun damage, but, um, and they're cute. So sometimes it's another thing that we can yeah. address with different things like pills, chemical pills, the microneedling, yeah. or the modalities. And then what about, you know, doing filler and neurotoxins? Like that has always had such a bad stigma. And especially like if you're into clean beauty or being healthy, um, you know, I mean, I don't really personally think it has a bad stigma. I mean, I would do it. I just, you know, I know that it, historically it has not been like highly from a wellness perspective uh loved <clears throat> you're so right this is actually yeah. a great point that you're making because um a lot of my patients come to my office and they say oh you know i don't want to look like this or i feel like fillers will make me look too puffy or too much or a lot of people hear neurotoxins and you, they hear the brand names like botox or disport or it's like i don't want to be too frozen and Usually what they have in mind is what they've seen on TV or yeah. what they've seen around or what they've seen over the years. And over the years, we we evolve, right? Those fillers starting the 90s and the 2000s, and they've evolved so much, right? And the aesthetic is different. So we they used to use silicone filler. Silicone, you know, it didn't look great. Yeah. So we're past that. Uh, we're a lot more innovative. We're a lot more advanced in so many ways. Yeah. And <clears throat> we, the approach that we have today are, and the techniques are so much better. We're so much more knowledgeable. And we know enough about the efficacy and safety of those, of both fillers and neurotoxins that we know they're safe. Yeah. Yes. They're not invasive. And they're not invasive. I, like, I mean, they, they're things that recover. Nothing is really permanent with those things. Neurotoxins yeah. recover, your muscle will recover. Fillers get absorbed. See, hyaluronic acid fillers is the primary type of filler that we use in the market. And it's a sugar-based filler. We have it in our body regardless. Yeah. So you absorb it and then you move on. If you don't like it, you just... Well, one of the things I always think about is like when is a good time to do that? Because I also think like athletes have a higher metabolism and so you metabolize the products Right, so they don't last as long if you're more active. Is that correct, or you are absolutely right? Okay. Yes, <laughs> uh, you're right. Higher metabolism. If you sweat more, if you exercise a lot, you will metabolize your neurotoxins faster. Okay. Right. The longevity base of the FDA, they're about twelve weeks for neurotoxins. Myself, I use a metabolism a little faster. About two and a half months, two months. It's almost, I start seeing the folding. Yeah. Um. 
With fillers, the same. They can last up to a year or even longer, some of them. Uh, you can see it metabolizing a little faster if someone is very active. Yeah. Uh, but then we choose the right filler or the right neurotoxin right. for the person. There's different ones in the market that have, they're slightly different. They have a different mechanism of action. You know, we're talking about peels and neurotoxins and fillers and PRP. I would love to know, like, what you think I could do because, you know, I'm, I spend 75% of my life in the sun, which I said earlier on the podcast. I'm super active and, you know, I've been thinking about doing a couple of things. I really would love to get rid of some of the sun damage, but I'm also a big chicken when it comes to needles. Uh, and, you know, my training season ends pretty much in Nova, end of November, I'm mostly indoors again until March. So, yeah, what are your thoughts? So, you have a lot of a few great things going on there because you point out the right thing. Like a chemical peel benefits someone like you so much, right? Yeah. Because you're outdoors. You, no matter if you, whether you wear SPF or not, you accumulate sun damage over time. So, a chemical peel will serve you so well during the winter months. So, you mentioned, hey, my my season stops around November, is the right time to start chemical pills. We usually don't do chemical pills in the summer in a warm climate. Mm -hmm. um, but November is the right time. They, we start resurfacing a little bit of the sun damage from the summer months. And you can do a few of those during the winter months. And that's okay. really going to recover your skin. And someone like you, you have a very nice foundation, right? You have a nice structure in your face. Your eyes are a statement point. So... We just want to enhance everything else around, and we took away. I want we want to take away from the destructions around that. So, a neurotoxin would work great for you. A chemical peel would work great for you. I love neurotoxins. They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> I like to eat healthy food, but I like neurotoxins. I love both as well. <laughs> I like the balance. Uh, yeah. So that's awesome. And then, like, what are you doing? Speaking of you know health and wellness, and what are you doing to stay healthy and fit these days? So. Um, my partner is the one that holds me accountable for that because sometimes with being busy and being at work, you, you know, I just slack and just fall behind. Uh, but I do exercise. I still fence. I play tennis. You still fence? I still fence. Wow. Okay, um, cool. For fun mainly, right? Not yeah. a, at a high level anymore. But um, I try to stay as active as possible. I like sports. I like the water. So I try to do anything that I can to stay active. And I'm always very cautious with my diet. I mean, that's what we do. We preach what we do. Yeah. Um, and we're both very passionate about uh, wellness and diet and healthy food and just staying active and being outdoors and hiking. So uh, just try to make it fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so important because you're working a lot. Like, what are your hours at the office? And you're, you know, are you on your feet a lot? Like, uh, yeah. You hit a soft spot. <laughs> it's, um, it, it varies. Yeah. Uh, we're appointment only, so I can be at the office four days a week, five days a week, seven oh, days a week. That's awesome. Um, and it can be long days sometimes. I can start early and sometimes I think it's very late. Um, so there's a flexibility, but uh, again, I don't really see it. I'm so excited when I go to my office. It's exciting that I'm going to see people. Like I, My patients are almost like my family. I see them. I know them. It's exciting. It's almost like a fun hangout that yeah. we have good outcomes out of. So, uh, yeah. 
it's fun. an experience. It's not just coming for treatment. It's like a whole experience. I love that. Yes, absolutely. That's what we try to offer. We try to make it special for them. We try to make them feel like they're someone that it's inviting and welcoming. They can have a good, nice time. They yeah. can be treated fairly and they can have good results. What are you seeing in your industry that is just really next level from a technological standpoint of treatments and you know things that you're doing that you can you know that are really next level uh this is this is a great question because again like we said earlier this industry evolves so rapidly right now uh there's high demand for it so there's a lot of a lot of research that goes into it so the technologies meaning the lasers and the machinery out there that comes out it's insane the amount of new device that we see every year in the conferences are there's a lot and it's so exciting because um we see if i'm not mistaken and i don't remember the exact percentages but i read i was reading recently at a conference that uh invasive surgery is down eight percent non-invasive treatments is somewhere up in the 60s so that tells you something because we have all those new technologies that come out and they replace invasive treatments um, it means that we can treat a lot in office before we actually need to go under the knife. Um, but there's a lot of exciting things. Even neurotoxins are evolving. We have new ones coming out, hopefully by the end of this year, yeah. sometime next year, that they're going to last longer, maybe even double the amount of time that the, the ones who currently have do. And new feelers that are a lot better, uh, act a lot better than the ones that we currently have. So there's a lot of exciting things coming. And I think the next five years, so many things are going to change for the better. Uh, and we're already at a great point. So that's... That's exciting. Yes. That's awesome. And now you are heading to Greece for the month. And this podcast will be up after that when you come back in September, which is probably right now when you're listening to this. But what do you love about Greece and going home for the summer? So exactly, Greece is home. I was born and raised there. So for me, going back feels, you know, familiar territory. It's my family, my friends. I, uh, the summer, the sun, the water. I, I love everything. I love the food. The people are very welcoming. I look forward. I try to go as often as I can. I try to be there every summer. Um, I enjoy the sea. I enjoy sailing. We try to do that there. It's just an exciting place to be. Yeah. Uh, have you been? I, not to Greece. I've been, I spent many summers in Bodrum in oh. Turkey, but it's similar. Beautiful. The food is amazing. I love the food there and the people. They're so yes. nice. And I feel like it's very similar. Exactly. I know that it's very different as well. <laughs> it is. In many ways, it is, yeah. but it's also very but the similar. The water. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll have to take it to Greece next time. Yeah. We're coming next summer. <laughs> love it. We're Can also going to many other, we're, we're going to be traveling all around the world next summer. Well, you're going to have to give me yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, no, I know. I love it. That's awesome. This has been so great. It's been so nice to connect with you. Likewise. Thank you for having me, Marnie. You're amazing. This Thank was you. so much fun. It is fun. And I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, 
moneyonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, 